Is God with you? When you pray for someone, do they get healed? When someone's oppressed or depressed or possessed, does God work in your life with that person? I mean, we're children of the light. I would not pray for somebody that is demon possessed if you're not walking in the light. Make sure you walk in the Spirit and live by the Spirit of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson from Roll continues our series in Acts, and we're glad you've joined us to reflect on the power of prayer. As we study the spiritual life of a man named Cornelius, we'll see how his personal quiet time with God resulted in a divinely appointed encounter that provided clarity and reassurance in his faith. Stay tuned to Somebody Loves You Radio, and later on we'll offer you a study focused on the Holy Spirit's role in directing your prayers and guiding your steps. Here's Raul Reese in Acts chapter 10. In verse 1 he says right off the bat there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Remember the Romans were Italians. They were Italians, and they were in Israel. They were ruling. This was one of the camps that the Romans not only kept, but it's also, uh, who built Caesarea? That's a good question. Who built Caesarea? I don't know if you read about that, but Herod the Great had built a seaport and had named it after Julius Caesar. And it was a major port in the New Testament there in Palestine. You see, Cornelius was a Gentile, not a Jew, a Gentile. The gospel had been given to the Jew. Now the gospel had been given to the Gentile. And the Jew and Gentile didn't get along. They had problems. So I wrote this down. Cornelius was a Gentile. He was captain leader of a Roman 10th part of the Legion of Soldiers. The Italian regiment was about 600 to 1,000. Imagine the power that Cornelius had as a Roman, not as a soldier, as a lieutenant or captain, whatever he was, he was in charge of all these men. And the Lord is going to go after him to get him. He doesn't know the Lord. He's a great religious person. If you want to see a real religious person, this person, Cornelius, is one of those guys that, man, he hates to sin, but he really doesn't know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But he's an amazing person. He becomes a great friend to anybody. And notice what he says in verse 2. A devout man. That's him. A devout man. One who feared God. He doesn't even know God. And he fears God. Amazing. With all his household. His whole family. Which means he was the head of his home. Should you say? Yes. The leader of his home. God with all his household who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Notice his character, devout man, a family man. A family man. Are you a family man? Secondly, he feared God with his family. Not as a Christian or a good man, but a good man that had integrity in his life. 
Verse 3. About the ninth hour, nine o'clock in the morning, of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. Now notice, he doesn't have an experience, born again experience, and God sends an angel to him. In verse 4 he says, and when he observed him, when he saw the angel, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? You notice it's not capital L in your Bible. It's little L because he's not the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, Jehovah, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Okay? But Jesus is capital L-O-R-D. And here, he uses what? He uses again, notice, not lordship. What is it, Lord? He says again in verse 4, the second part. So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up to the memorial before God. So what does he say in Revelations? The prayer of the saints are around the throne of God. Our prayers are the throne of God. Somebody asked me the other day, well, what happens? I've been praying for my kids. I die and they're not saved. The prayer of the saints are around the throne of God. Sometimes when we're gone, things will happen because we've been praying. Don't ever give up praying. Don't ever do that. It's a sin not to pray. The Bible says that. It's a sin not to pray. And this is why when I read the scriptures, I want to make sure first they take effect in my life before they take effect in anybody else's life. You see what he says again in verse 4? He says, seeing the angel, he was afraid. He asked the question, what is it, Lord? And then notice, God had been aware of their prayers and their alms. You see, verse 5, he says, Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Now Peter's going to get involved. The Lord says, if we're going to solve this problem, this issue, we need Peter here with Cornelius. We need both of them. You see, the angel tells him where to find Peter. Where? In Joppa. There's a guy there in Joppa. His name is Peter. And I want you to go get him. And I want you to talk to him. Verse 6. He's lodging with Simon, the tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Notice that. Simon, the tanner. Again, Simon the Tanner, his name means hearing. Hearing. The Tanner is a dresser of hides. They would kill the animal, he would dress the hides. And then he says, and when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius, Cornelius called two of his household servants, a devoted soldier from among those who waited on him continually. Who does he call? His most faithful that love him and take care of him. I love that. He can trust them. Who can you trust when things have to be taken care of? Who can you trust? Who can you send? If you were Cornelius and the Lord came to you, and he says, I want you to find Peter, and I know where Peter is. And the Lord would say, well, who can I trust for you to send and bring Peter to me? I mean, these are things that the Bible teaches, things that we need to know. Because he goes on. Again, let me read verse 7. 
And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his hostile servants, a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Notice that. Okay, you guys, I told you, go now. They were ordered to go, and in obedience to their master, they went to do what God had called them to do. Cornelius explained everything to his two servants, and then to send after Peter. And then Peter's vision in verse 9. And the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now we notice that 12 noon, Peter goes up. The Jews pray three times a day, 9 and 12 and 6. And so it was time to pray. So Peter is there in a the house, and he goes up to the top of the house. Those homes are flat roofs, not like our homes. They're flat roofs. Verse 10, and then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. Notice how God uses situations. He goes up to the top. He starts getting hungry, and God's in control the whole time. And then he became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they were making ready his meal, he fell into a trance. I mean, he fell into a trance. Imagine that. Peter becomes not only hungry, but God is going to speak to him in the situations, in our problems, in the things that we face. How does God speak to us? In many, many ways. Verse 11. And so heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet. Cornelius saw an angel, told him about Peter. Now here's Peter to make a separation. He says, a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and to let it down to the earth. The word vessel here is a Greek word that could designate almost any kind of useful material or object. You see, God is going to deal with Peter about his law from the Old Testament. He's so stuck to the law when we're living in God's grace now. God's grace is active, but Peter still wants to be a Jew. He doesn't need anything that's Gentile, anything that will make him stumble. Verse 12. And there were all kinds of four-footed animals. Notice, unclean. Of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. So the visions, the description here are three kinds of creatures described in Genesis 6.22. And the voice came to him and said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. So here's Peter, rise and eat. What do you mean? Peter said, not so, Lord. If he's Lord of your life, why do you say not so, Lord? You ever think about that? Well, I don't know about that, Lord. Is he Lord of your life or not? Is he Lord of your life or not? Not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. No kidding, Peter. You're a Jew. You think God doesn't know? God was trying to break that line between the Gentile and the Jew. And he was using Peter to break that line. You see, in verses 13 through 14 here, I wrote this down. When commanded to kill some of these animals and eat, Peter replied that to do so would mean violating the Jewish ritual law against eating unclean foods, plural. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're committed to helping you experience the rich abundance God desires for you as you walk with Him in faith. 
Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources, including Rawls' insightfully uplifting study of the Holy Spirit. Now back to the final part of our study. And a voice spoke to him again, second time. How many times does God have to speak to you? Once, twice, thrice, four times? And the voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. He rebukes him. The voice from heaven told him that God had now abolished these regulations about clean and unclean foods. Why? Because of the grace of God. Jesus had, in effect, taught the same thing in Matthew seven fourteen to 23. By teaching that foods were to enter a man's body from without cannot defile the heart of a man by eating. You don't defile your heart by eating. The expression used in Mark seven nineteen, this is, he said, making all meats clean is probably a word that Mark received from Peter himself. Little Mark from Peter himself. You see here, the apostle was learning for himself the true meaning of the teachings of Jesus. This is Peter. Verse 16. This was done three times. I mean, how many times does he have to speak? And the object was taken up into heaven again. And now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, Behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, notice from Cornelius, had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. So they don't know where he lives, but hey, you guys know where Simon Peter lives? Oh yeah, he lives right down the street here. And so we see the hand of God leading completely. And then Peter does not understand the vision, so Cornelius and his men come to see Peter. Verse 18, he says, and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought about this vision, the Spirit of God came upon him. And behold, three men are seeking you. The Spirit spoke to him and said, hey, three guys are looking for you. Arise, get up, therefore, go down to go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent to them. Notice the whole Spirit is what leading Peter. He told him exactly what to do. Exactly what to do. And he's going to back it up by truth. And then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius, and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? So you see, God is connected on both places. So they don't say, Well, I didn't know that. I don't I know who you are. I know who you are. And we're here because of this. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a just man. Isn't that a cool testimony? A just man. One who fears God and has a good reputation. Is that you? Is that me? Is that any one of us? Among all the nation of the Jews was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. So they give him the whole story and hear the whole story that Peter has. It makes one people. God is not the art of confusion. God is trying to get them together because of the Holy Spirit. Verse 23. And then he invited them in to lodge with them. So they're coming in and spend the night with them. And on the next day, Peter went away with them. So he gets up and he goes. 
And some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. You notice Peter invites them here into his house, knowing that they're Gentiles. Remember, you don't mess with Gentiles. He says, you guys stay here tonight, and they're Gentiles. And then verse 24, and the following day, they enter Caesarea. So here they come into the port of Caesarea. Beautiful, beautiful place. And now Cornelius was waiting for them. (laughs) He mentioned he's been waiting. And had called together his relatives and close friends. So he gets everybody together and he says, you guys, you're going to meet Peter. Imagine that. When they reached their destination, they found that Cornelius waited for them. Can you imagine that? That he's been waiting for you, Peter, and he's going to see you and you're going to see him. The Greek here suggests that he was continuing to wait expectantly for them. For them. And here, he doubtless had assured them. Notice, assumed them that his servant would stay overnight in Joppa and so would be reaching Caesarea soon afternoon on the fourth day. Two days up, two days back. Verse 25. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Uh Uh-oh. That's a no-no. Remember, He's used to everybody bowing to him. Now he's bowing to Peter. It marks most strongly his sense that Peter was God's messenger, which means he wasn't worshiping Peter. This is why Peter says to him, he lifts him up and says, Stand up. I myself am just like you. I'm not a king. I'm not a lieutenant or colonel or sergeant or general. I'm just like you. A nobody. That's who we are. Nobody is great in the kingdom of God, only those who are his. You see, this implies that Cornelius was trying to pay him religious worship. Religious worship. And Peter protested, don't do that to me. Then he says in verse 27, And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. So while conversing, two men entered the house, and Peter already must have been surprised. To see so many people gather with Cornelius. To what? To see Peter. Hungry hearts. Hungry hearts. Verse 28. And then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company or to go to one another's nation. But God has shown me. Notice, God has shown me. That I should not call any man common or unclean. The Holy Spirit got a hold of Peter. Peter, no more of that. This is what you're supposed to do. He reminded them the fact that it was unlawful for Jews to associate with people of another nation. But not no more. We're Christians now. I love that. 29, therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I ask then, for what reason have you sent for me? What is the situation? What is the problem? Well, Peter was presented here to an audience by Cornelius. Look what he says, verse 30. So Cornelius said, here's his answer. Four days ago, I was fasting. Notice, fasting, denying myself until this very hour. I didn't stop fasting until right now. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me with bright clothing. He's given his testimony. What happened to him? And then he says in verse 31, 
And he said to Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Isn't that cool? Your prayers have been answered. Your arms are remembered in the sight of God. God sees, God rewards, and God sees your heart. Cornelius, man, God loves you. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging. He says he is lodging where? Again, he goes on. He's lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So Cornelius went to express his gratitude for Peter's coming to assure him that they were all ready to hear what he had to say to them. Verse 33, so I sent to you immediately. And you have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear All things commanded you by God. I love that. What did God say to you to speak to us? Well, here I am tonight. And here you are tonight. How is God speaking to you? How has God spoken to me? So important what he says here. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all things commanded you by God. Commanded you by God. How has God, notice, commanded you to do whatever? And then, verse 34, And then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no respect of persons, no partiality. Isn't that cool? No respect of persons with God, none. But in every nation, whoever fears God, And works righteousness is accepted by God. Cornelius was just as much accepted before God as any physical descendant of Abraham. Of Abraham. I love that. That means Jew. And then notice here verse 36. After the instruction, Peter gave a brief summary here of the ministry of Jesus. This is so cool. And then the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace, To Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Notice what he says here. The apostle begins here by referring to the word logos, which came to the nation of Israel. Through what? Through the preaching of Jesus. It's always through the preaching of Jesus. And then what's so awesome is that as you see in the scripture here, he says in verse 37, and the word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. What was the baptism? The baptism of water. When he baptized Jesus, he baptized him in the spirit. Remember the voice and the dove? And then Jesus, the Trinity of God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit. And the father, hear this as my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, the son of the living God. He's telling his hearers to know that the word rhema here means faith. And then we see how he recovers the ministry. He says again in verse 38. I love this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Notice God the father anointing who? His son. With what? With the Holy Spirit. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Is God with you? 
When you pray for someone, do they get healed? When someone's oppressed or depressed or possessed, does God work in your life through that person? I mean, we're children of the light. I would not pray for somebody that is even possessed if you're not walking in the light. Or if you're not walking a spiritual life. A carnal life, don't do it. Make sure you walk in the Spirit and live by the Spirit of God. Very important. Well, we know that it's valuable to spend regular time with God in the Word and in prayer, but all too often we allow our busyness to get in the way of that quiet communion. We hope that Cornelius's experience will inspire you to make devotional time a higher priority as you seek the Lord's will for your life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the lesson you've just heard, call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' teaching from Acts chapter 10. We'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to offer you Rawls' four-message study of the Holy Spirit. Conveniently available on either CD or a USB thumb drive, this series outlines how the third member of the Trinity can strengthen your faith, guide your steps, and empower you for kingdom-building service. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' four-lesson series focused on the Holy Spirit. We'll send you a thumb drive for a gift of $12 or a CD pack for $19. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we are blessed by your partnership as we share the hope of God's Word. Thanks so much for your tax-deductible donations. It's been so good to share the study of the Word of God with you today, and we hope you've been encouraged and invite you to join us again next time for more glimpses into God's will for your life. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.